0: Welcome to the Animal Rescue Podcast, what you always wanted to know but didn't know who to ask. I'm your host, Keisha Farand, and I started this podcast to be a resource for anyone curious in the rescue world. Um, I didn't know where to start, and so I figured if I had a place to put everything together, maybe that would help someone else out too. This week, I have Morgan Cole on with me, and it's a little bit of a different episode. We talk about her job in the veterinary pharmaceutical world, and how she started out as a volunteer and vet tech, and she has some advice for those of you looking to get into the rescue world as well. Enjoy! Hi, Morgan. Thank you for joining me on the Animal Rescue Podcast. Yeah, no problem. So you are kind of an interesting guest because you you kind of work in like behind the scenes of rescues and shelters and animal hospitals, right?
1: So I actually don't, uh, my account base doesn't have any animal hospitals. We kind of okay. call it everything, but animal clinics are animal hospitals. So I have anything from shelters, rescues, zoos, sanctuaries, universities, so literally anything but hospitals or clinics.
0: Okay. And you do your, uh, like, a vet supply rep, is that Correct. It? Okay. Yep. So what do you do with that? How does that involve?
1: So I have about 100, I would say roughly 150 accounts at my wow. job. And so I'm a, I'm a sales rep, just like a pharmaceutical human sales rep, except for veterinarians. I don't go out and visit. So I do, like, behind the scenes. Um, I cover all of the Southeast except for Alabama and Florida. So I have, um,
0: Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina. Okay. And so you, like how involved do you get with your accounts? Like how close do you get with them? I mean, I get pretty, it just, it kind of depends
1: because like some of my accounts are universities. And so I try not to get to like I don't want to bug the crap out of them so to speak like I have Auburn uh, Mississippi State and University of Georgia and so I mean I know their names and whatnot and some of them I do follow on social media so those people I don't really get really personal with them Um, I do have a couple of accounts that I mean they have my cell phone number so if they need to text me orders they can text me orders Um, I have one guy up in Tennessee that it's him, he runs all the rest, all the shelters in the county. They have, I wanna say like five different accounts. And so he's kind of like the director and then his wife is a veterinarian. So she lets all these counties use her license as long as they, um, they have like this binder that they give all the counties and it's what they call their Bible and they have to follow all these rules in order to use her license. And so me and him are pretty close and we've actually talked about things that we could do for like Colbert County and Florence and whatnot. And he's like more than willing to come down and talk and whatnot, as far as what he can do to help. But I mean, me and him text back, back and forth. We never have met in person, but we can just tell from talking back and forth that we get
0: along really good. Yeah. So the rescues and shelters that you work with, like they all have to have a veterinarian sign off on some of this stuff? So it depends. So some of my accounts, they have a veterinarian
1: on site. So they kind of just breeze through the application because they have a veterinarian that works there full time. But some of them like Colbert County is actually one of my accounts. And even Florence is one of my accounts. Neither one of them have a veterinarian on site. Mm But they have a local veterinarian that's willing to let them use their license. And then those accounts aren't really like those doctors. They're not so picky as to having to watch all of their orders. But I do have some accounts that they're like, hey, will you please let me know what they order? Because I have to approve it first,
0: just because they want to watch what's going towards their license. Yeah. So what's the what sorts of like medications or things like that do you represent. So we are actually the um
1: in the top four different um veterinarian distributors. So we sell anything from pharmaceuticals to equipment to oh gosh. I mean I could go on and on for days about everything that we sell.
0: (laughs) And why would a veterinarian want to know like what is what you know rescues and shelters are ordering? So um, veterinarians
1: have two different licenses. They have their DVM license, which is just how you order your regular pharmaceuticals and whatnot. And then they also have their DEA license, which is the controlled substance. And if they are okay with them using both license, then they have to watch what goes on that controlled substance license, because it goes not only towards the shelter, but it goes towards their clinic too in most states and federal laws, you can only order so many controlled substances at a certain amount of time.
0: Gotcha. How did you get into this line of work? (laughs) So I I went
1: like all around the world, but whenever I first went to college, I always preached, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a veterinarian. And then I pretty much got to the point where I had to apply for vet school and I actually got denied my first year, I was like, you know what, there's just some reason why it's not for me, and the more I have talked to veterinarians, it's a bunch of stress, it's a lot of money, and I mean, even, I've worked at a vet tech, and I have stressed about, oh heck, did I remember to turn that IV line on, or the IV pump before I left for the day, I'm like, I could not imagine being that person with all of that responsibility, Yeah, and so that was kind of what I knew I still wanted to do something in the veterinarian world. And so I was like, I have a really good friend that works for actually one of my competitors. And she was like, you need to go and see if you can get hired on this place because this is where she originally started. And we were actually living out in Texas at the time. And I told my boyfriend, I was like, look at this. They have a shelter position open. I was like, I have literally made like the full life circle.
0: Yeah. Because you... From my understanding, I know we've never formally met, but you were like a really big volunteer with the Colbert Shelter. Yeah,
1: so I pretty much dedicated all of my life while I was in community college and really my senior year of high school to the Colbert Shelter. And then of course I had moved off to college at Mississippi State. And so I really couldn't do as much as I wanted to there. And then as soon as I graduated from Mississippi State, I moved straight
0: to Texas, like within two weeks I was in Texas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do anything with rescues and shelters out in Texas?
1: Not as much because we actually only lived out there for a year, but whenever I was a vet tech out there, they have um, the hospital that I worked for, they worked with a really big rescue as far as like spay and neutering and stuff like that with them.
0: Yeah. Cause I know Texas, I mean, we talked about in Alabama, we're always talking about how, you know, the overpopulation is massive, but I heard in Texas, it's like way worse.
1: Oh yeah. Especially whenever, um, which I mean, it's bad all over, but it's a bigger population there, but really whenever you get more South, like towards Houston and stuff, like people just don't care there. Like even, Mm -hmm. even though you're in a really
0: big city there, it's still crazy. Yeah. So what sorts of things did you do as a volunteer?
1: Um, so a little bit of everything really, my goal at the shelter was to get fundraisers going because whenever I first started, I remember we went to First Fridays like every weekend mm-hmm. and I loved it, and so I was like, This is awesome! and I can definitely tell where the money is needed at the shelters, and so I really wanted to help with fundraising. And I know the people at the shelter, they're already overwhelmed with everything they have going on in their life plus what goes on at the shelter and so they kind of they don't have the needs nor is it a really a priority for them to get the money raised and so I felt like that was a big responsibility that I could take on
0: yeah so what sorts of fundraisers would you put on so I actually did a t-shirt
1: fundraiser for a while um And then my mom works at the bank nearby. And so I did a fundraiser with
0: them. Um, I'm trying to think because that was a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. Fundraisers are really hard to set up. I'm learning um, the hard way. They are. Um, so hard, but they can be worth it. Yes. And I actually did an adoption event at the artsy
1: place. And that was a really good turnout. We brought like, we brought a couple of puppies and a couple of kittens because that place is so like compact that you can bring like big dogs Mm -hmm. and so we did something there um I think that was pretty much it that I can remember
0: yeah you get involved much with any of your um the contracts that you work with
1: yeah, so I actually have a gala that I'm going to in May I'm really excited about. That sounds it. so much fun. Um, it's in Chattanooga, and it's actually um, one of my newest accounts and possibly could be one of my biggest accounts. Um, and they were, we have all the time people asking us to sponsor stuff and it's really hard when you have so many accounts and they want all this sponsorship money, Yeah. but me and my outside sales rep, we were like, you know what, even if we just go just because we want to go, not necessarily like, even if it doesn't benefit us work wise, it would still be fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And so actually me, my outside rep and my boss are going, so I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds
0: like so much fun. Yeah. So do you, like, can you get involved with all of your accounts and, like, it's not a problem or, you know, because you work with shelters and rescues and so going to support them, like, that's encouraged?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously we can't sponsor and send everybody money. It's just right. not feasible, but um they don't, honestly, they don't care what I do. My work is... It's family owned and operated. And so they are very um, relaxed. And we're not like a big corporate. So they're not real sticklers about things like most companies are. Um, So like I said, they really don't care as long as they know.
0: Yeah. So I was looking up the company that you work for and it looks like they're headquartered in Minnesota. Yes. Where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) We have, um,
1: let's see, seven, seven, no, eight different branches now because um, the Birmingham location is actually the newest location and we're about to open up another one, hopefully fingers crossed, in the next couple of months in Florida. Yeah. So we have the Minnesota, we have a four Indiana branch, one in Dallas, one in Vegas, uh, Birmingham. I'm sure I'm missing out on probably a bunch of them. But I want to say we have eight, almost nine. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the like fun things that you get to do as a sales rep for veterinary pharmaceuticals? So I I personally
1: think my favorite thing about it is because I've seen both sides of the spectrum. Like I have worked during the pandemic and then so I've been a vet tech during the pandemic and then I've also worked at a shelter. Mm-hmm. And so I know what these guys are looking for whenever they call me and they're like hey I need this product I can't think of what the name of it is but I can tell you I can describe it to you yeah so those kind of things are fun to me and then also getting on a personal level with people is fun to me and then like not only do I have my big account base but I also have prospects that are not my accounts yet and so I have to call and introduce myself in midwest and my outside sales rep to them and see if they're wanting to open up an account and those kind of things so those Mm -hmm. that's probably the most challenging thing to me is doing that especially right now with covid cases kind of going up after the holidays my outside sales reps can't go by as often and introduce and stuff like that and From what I've heard, Midwest is really the only distributor that is really involved in shelters and has a dedicated team to shelters. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So my, I've heard it from multiple outside sales reps. Whenever they go in somewhere, they're like, we've never had a rep come by here. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
0: So then how would they get their supplies before?
1: Exactly. So most shelters and rescues, they think they have to go straight to their veterinarian to get their supplies. And that's not the case because, like, through me, if they come through me, I have different deals and promotions that are going on that the regular sales reps can't give to their clinics because it's shelter specific.
0: Mm-hmm. So, your company kind of does a little bit more to give back to shelters and rescues.
1: Right, right. Nice.
0: That's really cool. That's cool that you've come like really full circle from the volunteer side and then the vet side. And now you're kind of back to shelters. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because even whenever I went to school at
1: Mississippi state, one of my mom's friends, he was a veterinarian there and he was like, Hey, we're hiring. If you want to work in the vet school, which it was, it was an emergency lab technician. So like whenever the vet students would call in at like two or three o'clock in the morning for some test to be run, I'd have to go in and help them out and whatnot, but I also got to see the side of the vet students. And to me, as a sales rep, I feel like the universities are just important because you have these vet students that are gonna see your product in the university. And whenever they get out to the clinic, they're gonna be like, I want this person
0: or I want this brand because I've used it in vet school. hmm Different pharmaceutical companies, and this might be a really silly question, But so your company sells different products than another vet supply company? Yeah, well, yes and no. So like you have like
1: your generic things like Cephalexin or like just different antibiotics and everybody sells Perfecto and HeartGuard and Guard and those kind of things. But like we have our private label stuff and then other competitors have their private label stuff too.
0: Okay, that makes sense. This is really cool. (laughs) How did you get into, so I know you said that you wanted to be a vet and then this job came up. Like, did you know anything about it beforehand?
1: Not really. So I had been talking to my friend that works at a competitor now and she said, you know, it's going to, it took me a while to get in this because she was a vet tech too. She said, it took me a while to get into this. You just have to watch the job postings because Usually what it is is these distributors, they will hire somebody that they know or you kind of like work your way up. Like it's really hard to get in. Mm -hmm. And so like with this job, I seen it and I was like, What do you I sent her a screenshot? I was like, What do you think about this job? She's like, Oh my gosh, I used to work there. (laughs) And so I applied and I actually put her down as one of my references. I don't know if it helped or not, but yeah, I put her down as one of my references. And I actually learned at work the other day that I'm like one of the youngest people that work for my company
0: I can see that,
1: I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> which is it's really exciting for me because it it almost puts a lot of pressure on my back just because of the way this generation is portrayed right but at the same time I'm like I'm a really go-getter and so and everybody's like would you ever want to move to the regular clinic side so I was like never because I can hear some of the conversations that they have and it's somebody that's mad or upset or probably just having a bad day. And then I talk to my people and my people are just grateful that they're getting a deal because they never thought they'd be able to do something like this before.
0: Right. What advice do you have for someone who wants to get into shelters and rescues either as a volunteer or something like what you're doing that supplies? Like for someone coming up, what advice do you have? Um, As far as like a
1: volunteer standpoint, I would say just go to shelter or rescue whatever that you're interested in and see if that's something that you are interested in. Because a lot of people don't understand what all goes behind a shelter. Mm-hmm. and So I think that's a big thing. And then as far as like what I do now, pharmaceutical wise. I say apply for every and all jobs because that's literally what I did. Yeah. Did it
0: help that you were
1: a vet tech before? Um, Well, I actually work with quite a few people that were not vet techs before, but I would say to me personally, it helped just because if they're talking about something specific like an IV line or part of an IV line and they can't think of what the name of it is, I can literally like, I know what they're talking about.
0: What does it take to be a vet
1: tech? It just depends, honestly. Like if you want to be a licensed vet tech, there are online schools that you can go through. And that's what some people do prefer. And then some people don't prefer licensed vet techs. They would rather train you themselves.
0: Okay. Is there a difference? Like, So if you want to be a licensed vet tech, you go to school. But then if you don't, you just work your way up through a. a vet clinic? Pretty much and
1: I'm sure the pay is different too because I know like um, the emergency clinic over in Florence they typically want licensed vet techs which are the ones that
0: go to, through schooling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is it a lot of work or like a lot of time to become a vet tech? I
1: know there's like um, as far as being licensed there's a lot of criterias and whatnot because you have to have like so many hours and you have to be at a certified um, vet clinic. Like you can't just be at any vet clinic. You have to be at a certain certified vet clinic.
0: Okay. Yeah. So a little bit more complicated, a little harder. Right. Interesting. Morgan, I love this. I like <laughs> with, with this podcast, I really want to showcase the different sides and aspects of rescue world and you know all the different ways that people can get involved and you know how they can start you know different ways that they can kind of dive in and get their feet wet maybe so thank you so much I appreciate this yeah of course and I think another
1: big thing to add about my company too is like don't get me wrong I get salary and I get compensation or not compensation commission and I think that's a big thing to add because most companies are just commission based. Mm. And so like, I feel like a lot of people, whenever they buy their pharmaceuticals, they think, oh, well, you're just trying to get your money's worth. That way you can get paid because you're probably commission based. And Midwest isn't like that. Like you get you get your hourly pay and you get commission. Well,
0: one more reason to support Midwest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are there ways that like regular people can support Midwest or like?
1: Nothing I know of yeah. other than like sharing Like ob- obviously like social
0: media stuff is always yeah. a good thing too. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Morgan. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for listening to the Animal Rescue Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please check out the rest of our recordings and you can find me on Instagram at the animal rescue pod. And as always, please like rate review, subscribe to the show. And if you have any suggestions, you are welcome to send me a message on Instagram. Thanks so much.